I think that this story, really, I think the key thing for me is it sort of did did change around some of my perceptions of the thing, and I'm still processing that because the thing is one of my favorite movies. Um, I it, you know Peter, it answers a lot of questions that are deliberately kept vague in the story because because it, it has to. It's coming at it from a different angle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to decide which of these. Um, sections. It's divided into pretty short sections. I should read aloud to give people a sense of what's going on here. Um, Alright, so here's a, a few, not very far into the story. Here's where this the thing, the things is talking about uh, its sort of background. And again, this is the extraterrestrial being in the thing that has been taken out of the Antarctic ice and from the point of view of the humans in the story is causing a tremendous amount of problems. Um, but here we are getting its side of the story. So this gets a little bit conceptual, but I think it's, it's useful to, to, to go in here. So this is what the world taught me that adaptation is provocation. Adaptation is incitement to violence. It feels almost obscene an offense against creation itself to stay stuck in this skin It's so ill-suited to its environment that it needs to be wrapped in multiple layers of fabric just to stay warm. There are a myriad ways I could optimize it. Shorter limbs, better insulation, a lower surface to volume ratio. All these shapes I still have within me, and I dare not use any of them even to keep out the cold. I dare not adapt. In this place, I can only hide. What kind of a world rejects communion? It's the simplest, most irreducible insight that biomass can have. The more you can change, the more you can adapt. Adaptation is fitness. Adaptation is survival. It's deeper than intelligence, deeper than tissue. It is cellular. It is axiomatic. And more, it is pleasurable. To take communion is to experience the sheer sensual delight of bettering the cosmos. And yet, even trapped in these maladapted skins, this world doesn't want to change. At first, I thought it might simply be starving that these icy wastes didn't provide enough energy for routine shape-shifting. Or perhaps this was some kind of laboratory, an anomalous corner of the world, pinched off and frozen into these freakish shapes as part of some arcane experiment on monomorphism in extreme environments. After the autopsy, I wondered if the world had simply forgotten how to change. Unable to touch the tissues, the soul could not sculpt them, and time and stress and sheer chronic starvation had erased the memory that it ever could. But there were too many mysteries, too many contradictions. Why these particular shapes, so badly suited to their environment? If the soul was cut off from the flesh, what held the flesh together? Okay, so I think at one level that might seem bafflingly conceptual. I think it's really important to point out that we are inside the mind of an extraterrestrial that is wildly different from us. Something that interests um, Peter Watts very, very much is as our dear friend Riley taught us, the concept of cognitive estrangement, which Darko Suvin posits as one of the main motivating forces behind science fiction, is to bring yourself into contact with the cognitive, subjective experiences of intelligence is much different than your own. In this case, this kind of, this extraterrestrial being. And this story is all about reconciling that being's cognitive distance from our reality, um, with what it believes to be the supreme value, which as you can see is communion, the linkages between all living things, perhaps between all matter in general. And it is what horrifies it, what scares it. So, I mean, what Peter Watts is really doing here, of course, is inverting the whole narrative, right? 
the thing is afraid of the things and it perceives us as the things. And what it has a really tough time dealing with is the fact that we are all separate, or at least we view ourselves as separate, that we all have our own autonomous brain and that we're deeply invested in, number one, our autonomy from one another, the separations between us, but also the hierarchies that we form, which are not as efficient as tree communion. Um, And all of this just is very difficult for this being to process. uh, And that drives the story forward. So again, this thing finds our estrangement from one another just as disturbing as we find what it can do in the movie, which is shapeshift and take over other beings. Um, yeah, I think in that passage, you see sort of the way that, that Watts is unafraid to be very conceptual. And he does he, he, he sustains it through sort of a sharpness and a wit and a kind of arresting set of observations that make you that I would say on Twitter really make you think. Um, that is kind of that is how Peter that's how Peter operates. Um, well, yeah. and that's how a lot of short stories operate too. It's it's difficult to do something like he did and have it not have sort of a a, a Twilight Zone edge to it. You know, ooh, made you think. And I think what he did here was unique enough that that I'm I'm willing to embrace that. That's totally fine because like making the thing the hero is a difficult thing to do. And I do I you know reading this you identify with it. Hey everyone, what you just heard is a preview of our latest exclusive episode. To hear the rest and to access our entire catalog of exclusive content as well as our patrons-only Discord chat, become a patron at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. That's where you can support our work and make sure you get access to everything we do. Patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Thanks.